From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-acceptance and discovery. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is programmer, author, and mom of three trans kids, Erin Dees. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Transgender Show. I'm your host, Emily. I'm so excited to have you here tonight, and I'm also very excited to finally have Erin Dees on as a guest. So please welcome to the show, Erin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being willing to come on and share your story. My favorite question, how did you choose your name? Uh, I didn't. My parents said um, it is the girl name that my parents had picked out for me. Um, and when I was starting to question my gender back in late 2017, um, I actually tried for a little while just as an experiment um, when I was sort of feeling more like maybe in that sort of non-binary space. Um, using the middle name my parents had picked out for me, mm -hmm. uh, which would have been Lee, L-E-I-G-H, although I sort of androgenized it to L-E-E. -E. And I tried that for maybe like a weekend with my family, and it felt good. It did. It felt better than my dead name, but it didn't feel like home. Mm. So then I, I realized, and again, still not quite knowing where I was going to fall along the spectrum, realized that I had met people of multiple genders named Aaron spelled E-R-I-N. So um, I decided to try that one. It was almost on a whim. I was going to a tech conference that was surprising on a Saturday. And I backspaced over my dead name on the entry form and typed in E-R-I-N. And like, this will be perfect. It'll be a bunch of people I don't know. Like nobody knew my name was before. I can use they, them pronouns. And uh, then I found out like six people from work were going. And so I had to pull them aside, like, listen, I'm going to be using this name and pronouns today. Everybody was so awesome and cool about it. And come Monday, I didn't want to go back. So um, I added an agenda item to my team meeting, said uh, minor deprecation. We're deprecating the name dead name and upgrading that to the name Aaron. And within a couple of hours, IT had updated Slack um, so that I had the right name and it was pretty great. Oh, that's wonderful. I take it that you're in, in IT in some fashion. I'm a programmer like half of us seem to be. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of tech you know, and, and programmer types in the trans community. It is kind of funny. When did you first realize that you were trans? As far as actually knowing for sure that I fell somewhere along the trans spectrum would have been August of 2017. So there had there had been some clues in childhood, but they were so spaced far apart and they were such indirect clues like sometime around the age of eight i told my assembled family members that like i was sad that i would never get to carry a child and they they laughed at me and it wasn't a cruel laughter more a good-natured sort of patronizing laughter right like oh what a sensitive boy so it wasn't as a direct signal as some girls get you know that, that i am a girl for sure i know but it was something. And then the next little clue was um, around 10 or so, seeing the puberty that awaited me and bursting into tears, mm -hmm. like knowing that it's like, whatever that is, I, I don't want it. Like I didn't have an alternative. I didn't think, ooh, I want the girl version instead. And the, the other thing that happened around that time, oh, a few years later, was seeing all the men in my life age into middle-aged men. And there was nothing wrong with any of these men. Like perfectly average, ordinary, handsome guys, you know, dads and uncles and so forth. But like, I, there was this part of me that just did like, did not want to end up like that. 
it was it was visceral. Um, and again, I didn't have an alternative to replace it with, but it, it led me to some kind of unhealthy eating behaviors in my teens. I did have a dream in my teens that there was a kiosk at the mall that you could go to and like put in a 20 and you walk through and you come out with your gender swaps and like that my dad took me there and I went through and held his hand coming out and we went to the rest of the mall. That was a really vivid dream and I was very sad that it wasn't real. But it wasn't until I until my 20s that I started to get those feelings of I, I wish I could be a woman, but it's too late because trans women, like the narrative we were told is that they had to have known for certain and they had to have known since childhood. And like, that wasn't me. And like, I guess it's too late. And it's funny how much of us go through that thought process that, you know, oh, there's a, a right and a wrong way to be trans and I don't fit that. So I can't be trans or even if I am, I can't do anything about it. You're so right. There's so many ways to be trans. I wish I'd known that. Now, and I know too, like I've, I've learned since then that that narrative, it was also for many, the only way they could get their hormones was to have exactly that same narrative of absolute certainty since early childhood. And of course, at the time they were expected to be heterosexual as well. So yeah, that was all I had, my twenties and thirties. By the time web forums came to exist, I would look at people's before and after transition pictures and like just end straight out envy them be like oh i wish i could do that that's just for trans people mm -hmm. uh turns out <laughs> if you wish you could transition you you might be trans and so all that was kicking around in my head and like sometime around 2014 or 2015 i started learning a little more about non-binary people and august 4th 2017 i was playing a card game at work with my friend who also happens to be trans and she is like the trans whisperer, the egg whisperer, I guess. <laughs> and she just blurts out like, are you genderqueer? And I was, to be fair, um, I was wearing a dress and rocking a full beard and piercings and eyeliner and short hair and combat boots. So gender wise, my presentation was all over the map. And huh. um, her question really threw me for a loop because I didn't know how to answer it. Um, and then by by coincidence, later that day, I happened to have had an appointment that had been on the book for, for weeks to go get my hair dyed. I'd had a few streaks put in the previous year, but this was the entire top of my hair, seafoam green. And I was walking back from the bus stop to the train stop with you know, in my dress and combat boots and seeing this shock of blue hair. And the word that went through my mind was beautiful. Like before I recognized who it was, like that person is beautiful. And then I realized it was me and it's like, beautiful. That's a word I've never thought of before in relation to myself. How could I be beautiful? Like, oh my God, who am I? Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that those were those are the clues that finally led to the to my egg cracking. So since you'd already been kind of playing with gender and you'd had some of these thoughts, was that period when you realized that you were trans, was it something that was easy for you to accept? Or did you still struggle to adapt that identity and feel confident in it? The exploration was joyful. The acceptance was difficult. So I, did, I took four days and just obsessively read. I read sociological papers on trans people, especially um, non-binary people. I read medical papers. I read people's firsthand accounts of uh, you know, people who had a certain identity, like genderqueer or demigirl. And I read glossaries because I wasn't just like, ooh, which of these identities like, seems like the best fit for me? I did this for about four days. And I hadn't said a word to anyone. I was terrified to, but my kids immediately noticed that I was calmer. They're like, what's wrong with you? You're, you're so chill. So after about four days of this, I realized, okay, something's definitely up with my gender and I'm probably gonna need professional help sorting it out. 
Um, but also like now that I know something's up, it's it's probably time to talk to my spouse. So it was it was late one night and um, I just said, I've been thinking a lot about gender lately and I think I might not be all boy. And she said, like, what percentage not boy do you think you might be? And I'm like, I'm not sure. I would like to figure it out. And so we we talked about it. We had a lot of um, late night conversations those first few weeks. The kind it's like like new relationship. Uh, it really was kind of like getting to uh, to know each other as as new people <laughs> and it's just conversations where you're up until three in the morning talking and then you have to get up and go to work but you're not even tired because oh. you're just so energetic from the conversation so we were connecting in ways that honestly we we hadn't in several years of marriage there were some really some good aspects to those first few days or weeks but acceptance was hard I Googled Portland gender therapist and, you know, read reviews and read the person's specialties. I wanted someone that LGBTQ patients were a specialty and not just an item on a list. Like, oh, I handle everything, including this, this, and this. Oh, also LGBTQ. I wanted somebody It was like, that was their jam. Boy, did I find her. But I was on the phone with her trying to tell her that, you know, I'd been questioning my gender identity and my hands were literally shaking holding the phone because I, I grew up in Texas. And if you're if you if you come from Texas and you're assigned male at birth, you're socialized your entire life not to ever admit to anyone that you're less than 100 percent man. It's it, it was a very hard sentence to say, even to a therapist that whose entire job is to be supportive about this kind of stuff. And honestly, as, as much joy as there was in sort of subverting the gender binary and, and wondering where I might land mm-hmm. and doing that exploration. There was also some anxiety. I was worried that I was going to call this gender therapist and she was going to say like, yep, you're trans and come chasing after me with, with, you know, a vial of hormones. And I'm like, you know, baby steps, you know, uh-huh. it turns out that that's not what gender therapists do. You were afraid that admitting it meant that you had to take a big leap forward and suddenly your whole world was going to change. That's, that's interesting. At this time, as you're coming to grips with it, you had, a, you had um, your trans whisperer at work. Were they a good role model and, and confidant for you? Did you have somebody that you were able to turn to with questions and, and more late night talks of like, well, what the hell am I doing? Or what the hell is this? Yeah, I had, um, so my, t- my teammate was trans. Um, this is someone different than the trans whisperer. So the trans whisperer was someone who I, I had known of her work before she ever came to work with us. Uh, I had I'd seen her on Twitter and like really admired the posts she'd written there. They were always insightful and incisive. It was like kind of an honor to have her come come work at the same company I was working at. So um, she was definitely something someone I knew that I could talk to. But my teammate, I put a little non-binary heart next to my my name in Slack, a very subtle signal. Mm-hmm. Um, the the non-binary colors aren't necessarily obvious to everyone. Um, and my teammate noticed it within the first couple of hours of the workday. And she messaged me. She's like, is that a, uh, is that an unbinding heart in your Slack? And I'm like, yeah. And she says, does that, does that mean you're identifying as non-binary? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, cool. So if hypothetically there were a secret treehouse fort of, of cool, like LGBTQ people, would you want to be invited? <laughs> And I said, yeah. So they, they invited me to the Slack channel that had all of the trans and non-binary people in it. Hmm. And at one point that group reached double digits, like 10 or 11 people. At the time, I think it was something like seven or eight people, but it was awesome. It was like these people that, you know, the, that I knew and, and um, 
thought were super cool. So I had this built-in little support group from the beginning. And I, I scrolled back, you know, when somebody invites you to a channel in Slack, you can scroll back and see the discussion leading up to it. Oh, they wow. had quite the little conversation about like, hey, is, uh, should we should we invite Aaron D to this channel? Like, they had this like very supportive, basically, how do we support this person without like uncomfortably outing them if they're not ready to be outed? It was so sweet. I took screenshots before I left. So did you, for a while at work, did you do sort of a, um, trying to subtly work it in? My stuff was uh, probably more obviously from the women's section, but mm. it was still, um, it was still very androgynous address. Like, okay. like I mentioned, skinny jeans and cardies. My partner, my wife knows everything about clothing. She used to shred and remix and reassemble her own clothing um, back in the day. And she helped style me like within a couple of weeks of coming out to her, she'd helped me find an entire new wardrobe from, from thrift shops and, and so forth. Hmm. So just an amazing, uh, amazing person to, to have on your side. I think that's so amazing that your wife was so accepting for you. And it sounds like you were able to, to stay together. Uh, yes. I mean, like knock on wood again, so far, so good. Uh, there were definitely some, some bumps in the road. Um, both of us had the same fear. Both of us had the same fear of rapid change. She also had this sort of fear that I was going to become a caricature or, you know, super, super hyper feminine or something. And so we just talked through those fears. Like we're, it, it was the other fear that we both had was that the other wouldn't want to be with us anymore. Right. That, that I would become a different person and want someone else or that, you know, I, I would become someone that she didn't want. So yeah. realizing that we both had the same two fears um, put us on the same side against the fears. It's like it's us versus them. And that helped a lot. Um, and as I said, there's still like transition is hard. It's just, it's, it's hard. You know, this, right. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a, it did put a strain on the relationship for a while, but ultimately I'm going to make the claim that the transition saved our marriage because I, I think we were on a track to very slowly and gradually drift apart. And we hadn't really built up the habit of checking in with each other um, and like doing all those things that you need to do to, to course correct over the long term. Mm -hmm. And those are things that we do all the time now. Part of, part of that is just it's sort of a mandatory part of this process of all the introspection and talking. And part of it is that I suppose we're sort of a stereotype of, you know, same-sex female couple, <laughs> like oversharing and processing everything. Uh, but it, it kind of holds true for us. Were there any other key things that you that you were able to discuss that you think kept things together, or was it just the general communication that was was now better and more open and sharing? Some of it was. I mean, there is some excitement to this process too, right? Um, we the first few dates we went on after I came out were kind of like getting to know you dates. They were kind of like first dates again, hmm. and that was that was really exciting. I I don't know if you've experienced this, but I was a noticeably jumpier, jitterier, more irritable person running on the wrong fuel. Mm -hmm. And transition in addition to getting our brains on the right fuel is also this amazing invitation for us to decide what behaviors we want to leave behind and what we want to bring with us. And I think, I think it was Samantha who, who, the, the way she phrased it was something like, you know, anybody could do that, right? Anybody could say at any time in their life, hey, moving forward, what kind of person do I want to be? And what kind of person do I want to stop being? But with trans people, it kind of gets dropped in our laps to do that. Yeah, we don't have the choice. We have to do that. And then it's just like, you know, 
I like to equate it to moving. When you're packing up everything, you're like, oh, I don't need this. I haven't used this in, in whatever. And you're just like, yeah, that doesn't need to, to come with me anymore. Were there other areas in coming out that were particular struggles for you? It sounds like work, um, at least people on your team and people you had you had people close to you that were were accepting. Was the rest of work um, easy enough for you to come out and be you? The people were great. The software was crap. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, I started with you know the the one the one teammate who who figured me out and you know, invited me into the tree house. Um, and that would have been late August, early September, four years ago. Um, but uh, I didn't tell my the rest of my team until November. That was, the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the first Monday after the conference that I went to. And they, they were really super supportive. I knew they would be. Um, they're awesome human beings. Um, I suppose I was maybe a little nervous about our manager. I didn't know him as well, but like he was awesome with it. And the company had a whole sort of process for this kind of thing. So I, I went to HR and I said, like, what do I do? And she's like, oh, yeah. So once you get your, you know, your, your name and gender marker changed um, on your social security number and your driver's license, just bring them in and we'll update payroll and everything else. And so that um, HR was super nice. And she even had some, some suggestions like, so do you do you want to try like writing a coming out letter and like, oh, no, I'm not ready for that. I'll just do this one by one. But uh, I asked her about like bathrooms and she was like, use, use the whatever bathroom you want to use. Huh. I was very lucky to work at a place that had gender neutral bathrooms. So oh. for a while, I was walking down two flights of stairs to use those just because I sort of no longer felt comfortable in the men's room. Mm -hmm. And maybe just wanted some time and space to, to sort my stuff out. So yeah, yeah, I I did kind of an interesting thing for for my coming out. I started dressing at work full time before even realizing that I was trans, and so I was identifying as like I was identifying as a cross dresser. Uh, and so I, I still, for about a year, used the men's restroom, which led to some really kind of fun uh, things happening. Where I'm, I'm at the mirror, maybe checking my makeup or doing something, and a guy comes in, takes one look, and goes back out. <laughs> and then you Let's see look at the sign. A minute, yeah, a minute later, he comes back in. It's just like, yeah, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> And uh, it was just funny because a lot of people at work were like, "When are you going to use start using the women's restroom?" And I'm like, "Yeah, soon." But I was still, I was still, you know, afraid of it until I finally accepted the transgender identity. And then I'm like, "Well, yeah, this is this is where I belong." And and it, after that point, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was about that time for me too when I when I realized that I wasn't non-binary, that you know that I'm a trans woman. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in a different part of the building that, that didn't have a gender neutral restroom and just, you know, went in the women's room. And this is, this is like twice in, in two completely different contexts. This has happened to be in a women's room, but I've been there and somebody goes, Oh my God. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm about to get yelled at. And, uh, she goes, I love your hair. Hmm. It's like, uh, like, like that subreddit. That's like, no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like something disastrous is going to happen. And then, and then, uh, it's actually awesome. The rest of work was just very gradual. Like as I ran into people, they'd say, oh, your name's Aaron now, cool. Um, and then in June, which was Pride Month in, in Portland and like, like many places, we had a whole month long of stuff. We had Basic Rights Oregon come in and, and teach a, a course on like supporting, like being good allies to your trans coworkers. And mm -hmm. we had um, 
queer parents panel where I got to watch these awesome, amazing queer parents talk about their experiences. But we had a trans and non-binary panel and that's how I came out. I went up there and said like, hi, my name's Erin. This is the team I work on. My pronouns are she, her, surprise. And so there was a big coming out moment, but that wasn't until months after I talked to HR. It was like, I'd finally worked at the nerve to do it, but it, it was hard. Coming out is hard. Mm-hmm. How did the rest of your family come along with accepting your new identity? So the kids were amazing. And we've got three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should add, all of the kids are, are some flavor of trans. So our our oldest son was uh, the... Okay, I have to draw like a flow chart of our family. Okay, can I do that real quick? Because it'll make a lot of stuff make more sense. Um, when Lynn and I met, she she had um, my stepchild, her uh, her child, who like from a previous marriage, mm-hmm. who was four and a half years old when we met. Which means I've I've known that kid, you know, most of their life now. You know, they're they're twenty, and then we made our youngest together, and then years down the road, we, we adopted our oldest son and, uh, for, like, he was, he was, at, he was our middle child's best friend and had been for years. And Lynn was like, yoink, you live with us now. Cause he didn't have a stable <clears throat> living situation. So a few months after living with us, he's like, guess what? I'm a boy. A year later is when I hatched, she came out. And then our youngest, um, came out like, I don't know, nine months after that. Although he, he was the one we were least surprised about because he always wore his haircut short and uh, dressed in like baggy shorts and basketball shorts and flip flops. And he would he would specifically request his haircut short like a boy. And we never like pressed it or anything, but we're like, we were not shocked when he came out as trans. Um, and then our middle child came out as non-binary. Wow. So, so all the kids are trans, but at the time, only one of them had come out, only only the oldest one. But I was sitting at the table with the kids and we had just watched the, the Bill Nye Saves the World episode about about gender. And I don't know if you saw that one, but um, he used a model showing like four different spectrums on it, on it with four different sliders. So you could like slide the slider all the way to male or female or somewhere in the middle. Or you could slide the slider into you know, like your, your gender expression. Is it masculine or feminine or somewhat androgynous? And your your attraction and, and, and your... Um, you know, you're assigned sex at birth and so forth. And it's not a perfect model, right? Because it's, it's hard to represent, for example, um, it's hard to represent ace people or agender people or bigender people on a graph like that. But it was like a decent starting point for conversation. And we were talking about afterwards at the kitchen table. And we actually took turns going around the table uh, saying where we landed on all four of those the sliders and i said well you know my i was assigned male at birth and um i'm attracted to women and uh, my my gender presentation is somewhere in the middle and uh i don't i don't know where my gender identity is but i I know it's not at the boy end of the slider it's somewhere somewhere over here Mm -hmm. and my kids just went cool what are your pronouns like it was they didn't miss a beat i didn't even know what i wanted my pronouns to be yet Huh. I was still using he, him at the time. This was like right after a hatch. Yeah. But the, they just didn't even, they didn't bet an eyelash. So the, the kids were just amazing about it. In fact, our, our middle child is always kind of like the best ally, the biggest cheerleader, the will stomp your enemies in the <laughs> dirt most loudly. And with, with them, it was almost like, 
almost kind of had to hold him back a little bit and say, okay, let, let me tell my story. You know, <laughs> we were, we were talking with the neighbor across the street and it came out like, my moms are such goddesses. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know if I'm a mom yet. I'm still trying to figure this out, kid, but I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> I, I love it, but and, let's, uh, let's just bring it back a notch. Let's just take yeah, it down a little me, bit. I just said like very, as sweetly as I could, like, I, I love your enthusiasm, but I'm still figuring out. Just let me tell my story. Okay. <laughs> they, they got it. They got it. And actually it was, it was the, the kids who, who figured out our titles. Once it, once it became clear that I was either like super, super on the, the femme side of trans feminine, non-binary, or just outright a trans woman, the, the kids had figured that it w I was probably going to be one of those two things. And they were, they were figuring out now, what, what are we, what are we going to call you? The kids were actually talking to each other. They did this behind our backs. And they're like, well, what about something like tall mom and short mom? And one of the other kids goes, I know, how about tall mom and round mom? Um, <laughs> and that, that stuck. So that's what the kids call us tall mom and round mom or TM and RM. And every once in a while, they just call for mom. And one of us will walk in and be like, no, the, the other one. <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> Did you have anybody that supported you that you weren't expecting? I didn't think my dad was going to get it. Um, at the time, he was suffering from a lot of like cognitive issues. When, you know, whatever to interact with the people taking care of him, like, because Aaron was my legal name, that's, that's the only way they knew me. That was the only way I could legally sign the paperwork and so forth. So he always heard them call me Aaron and, and she. So one time I was driving him to launch her doctor's appointment or something and just sort of said, you know, um, so you, you may have heard them call me, she call me Aaron. And, um, that's what I'm changing to. I'm, you know, a woman now I'm, that's, that's how I want to be. And he, you know, he just, and I said, so if, if you want to call me Aaron and she and her, you can do that too. And he, all he said was like, Oh, you're really going to do it. I said, yeah. And he said, okay. And it like, it took a couple of tries, but like, he, you know, he had it figured out by the end. And so, I think that was, I don't know, something that I'm really grateful for is that he knew me as the daughter that I really am, um, but, you know, before he passed. Mm. Well, that's beautiful. What does transition look like for you or what does it mean to you? I suppose it means growing into the person that I was always supposed to be, to being, being a truer, hopefully better version of myself mm -hmm. than I used to be. It's been pointed out to me that I probably put too much pressure on myself for for my transition to fix all of my problems. Um, yeah. I don't mean all of my worldly problems. I, I mean all of my flaws as a person. And it was, you know, another trans woman, the and the girl who'd been my teammate, was like, she said, "You don't need to to put all of that on your transition." Um, so as, as much as I would like to become a better version of myself than I was yesterday, um, transition can't be the only tool in my arsenal. So when I say becoming my better truer self, I do have to say that that was some caution or restraint hmm. in, in that sentiment. That's a very important point that, yes, there's a lot to focus on in transition and there's a lot that that will change and help, but it doesn't fix everything. And you, there's still a lot of work that you'll need to do outside of that. And if, if you don't have that perspective, if you're just focused on the transition, you'll miss kind of how to really address it and still kind of get stuck with that. Yeah. I'm very blessed to have some very awesome and perceptive and smart friends. Mm -hmm. On that journey of becoming your true self and becoming a better version of yourself where are you in that process 
right at the beginning, I suppose, always am, right? There's always something to do. <laughs> um, in terms of, of like becoming R&Ds and having like, completed all of the transition things I want to complete, like there I'm probably done. But that doesn't mean I'm done growing as a person, I sure hope. Did your goals of transition shift as you moved along? The things that I knew I wanted to do definitely shifted. I'm not sure that I had a goal. I've, you know, we talk about the, the different ways to be trans. And I, I do know some trans people who had basically like almost an image in their head of what they wanted to look like and be like and sound like. And they pursued that with your know, perfect aim or near perfect aim and got there. And that must be kind of cool because then you know when you're ready, you know when you're done. Like, okay, I look like the picture in my head, check. But for me, those goals shifted. Like at the beginning, when I started even researching what was possible, you know, that, that first autumn, just even looking at things like what, what can hormones do for a person and, and like, do they make non-binary hormones? And huh. um, I was, I didn't know what kind of body I wanted, except that I, I knew that I wanted something like softer and more androgynous and, and like a little more like bottom heavy, a little more pear-shaped. And I remember thinking at the time, like if they just made hormones that like would just make make me pear shaped, I would take them right now. But you know, of course, they come with lots of other effects, and I wasn't ready to contemplate those yet. December of that year was was when I made the choice. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to try. It took end of January to actually work up the courage to make the phone call. I I went from like, gosh, hormones that seems scary. I don't know to like, okay, I'll, I'll try and to see, but but, but no surgeries. So, but then realizing within three months on hormones that I liked them so much that I wanted to lock in their benefits permanently so i knew that i'd be looking at some kind of surgery but then still figuring out what kind so my my what i thought i was going to do changed quite a lot and like by the same token i when i first shaved off my beard after having it for years my face was seemed so hopelessly angular and masculine to me that i thought for sure i was going to want facial surgery um but estrogen being the amazing, awesome miracle drug that it is for so many of us. Got my face to a, a point where I'm like reasonably okay with it most of the time. And that's probably good enough. <laughs> what areas of your life do you still struggle with dysphoria? Face, hairline mostly. Mm. Sometimes body, although that's, that, I mean, thanks again to estrogen, that's getting rarer and rarer. It rarely springs unprompted out of the blue. It's usually a response to something else, whether it's a natural drop in hormones, whether it's a stressor elsewhere in my life. And I don't always remember that, but I'm getting better at remembering it in the moment. Like, ooh, I'm like the mirror is not my friend today, but but maybe there's some contributing factors here. Let's see if we can work on that. On the flip side of that, what do you do to find validation in yourself as Aaron on a daily basis? Um lots of little things. I mean, even if it's just a matter of wearing something that I'm going to feel affirmed in, like, like I am today, or sometimes perversely kind of doing the opposite, like leaning into a more, I don't know, sort of menswear inspired look um, to try to queer it up a little bit. Hmm. And almost paradoxically, that can, that can throw me into the same amount of gender euphoria because like wear a suit or something and realize like, wow, I look really different than the last time I wore a suit. Sometimes it's just something little like you have like that one or two really good photographs of yourself and just save that in like the confidence boost folder. You know, if you need a confidence boost, just open it up. You're like, oh yeah, that's me too. I may not be feeling great about this me, but that's the same me. Also 
distraction can help or like turn that anxiety into love and it's like snuggling my wife or like you know loving on my kid what if what are some of the biggest hurdles that you've overcome in your transition and how did you get past those the biggest was just like that mental hurdle of accepting myself learning to accept myself and realizing i was sorely lacking in that transness completely aside i was in a group therapy program as they started talking about self-acceptance and self-love like some of those lessons had tears streaming down my face there's there's a trans guy in the, the same program like sitting next to me um and uh he was crying too and like both of us realized the others like we're, we're like the two of us for the the shedding the most tears in the room and we started laughing because each of us knew exactly why the other one was crying <laughs> so we're like crying laughing so just finding that that self-acceptance and self-love like learning to appreciate this human being here um is i guess something i'd never done mm-hmm. and um building that ability was really hard what do you feel are there are there aspects of your life that you feel you've been able to accomplish because of your transition? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my career went nowhere. Well, it didn't go nowhere. It, went, it like sort of plodded along at a stately pace. Um, and then within the first few years after I came out, promotion, promotion, like new job opportunity, leadership opportunities. And so I feel like no longer spending so much of my energy holding myself inside a box holding the best of me inside a box is probably the biggest contributor to that. What is your favorite thing that you've learned along your journey, either about yourself or just in general? It's going to just have to be all those big observations about the self and about change and about that paradox between are we a new person or are we the same person? It's things that have come in little bits and pieces and observations throughout the process it's it's wisdom bombs that friends have have dropped on me um and all of that just assembled into this sort of mosaic of like an extended meditation of what it means to have a self to be a person what advice do you have to pass on to younger closeted trans people out there what have you learned that you like to share with others one is is like find find your squad um this can be such an isolating process that uh, it uh you know ha- having people who have been through or are going through this or have recently gone through some of the same parts is so crucial so uh, however you find them wh- whether it's people you know in your own city your own country or whether it's strangers on the internet or even if it's just people who have no idea who you are but but to to, to hear what they say about their journey through this part of the process Another is to, to be forgiving of yourself and go easy on yourself because it is so easy for us to criticize ourselves for staying in the closet for or for not realizing or for doing it too fast or too slow or doing it wrong. Like you mentioned earlier about both of us worried if we were trans enough, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and the, the advice that goes along with that is like, yes, you, you are trans enough. Thank you, Aaron, for coming on and sharing your story and your experience with all of us. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's been an honor to be on your show. And thank you for providing this resource for the community. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash The Transverse and later on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Transverse. Be sure to follow our guest Aaron on Instagram at I underscore Aaron underscore D's. 
If you love what we're doing and want to help support the transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse.